Hi, this is Marian Samuel from the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse in Antigua. Every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m., we interview a guest about real-life issues from the Caribbean. Welcome to Lighthouse Conversations, a time to explore the issues surrounding your everyday existence, your family, your community, your environment, your health and safety habits, your lifestyle, both physically and spiritually, will all be discussed here on Lighthouse Conversations. Let's get started and see just what we can learn to better your life. Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Conversations. I'm Nathan Owens and today we're going to be discussing a topic that is very practical, but it's a topic that you and I hope we never have to deal with, but we still need to be prepared. Our topic in this episode is fire safety. In the studio with me is Corporal Williams, a nine-year veteran of the Fire Prevention Unit at the Antigua and Barbuda Fire Brigade. Corporal Williams, welcome to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse Studio. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Corporal Williams, do you have a particular season of the year where you get most of your fire calls, or it's pretty much spread out year-round? Uh, for now, it's um, year-round because on average we get about uh, 300 to 400 calls per year. Um, but we more would have an intensity with um, grass fires, bushfires um, that are caused by various reasons, um, mostly in the bushlands of Antigua. Let's start out our, and focus our beginning of our discussion on house fires. How, what are some of the common causes of house fires? Okay, the most common causes would be, um, we narrowed it down to four different factors. Uh, we have ignorance, we have carelessness, we have accidents, and we have arson, right? Now, um, with ignorance, that's basically people not knowing how to deal with certain situations, so you just don't know. Um, with carelessness, that would be um, situations of, well, you're not being too careful in um, preventing certain things from happening. Like, for example, putting down um, candles or lamps in very strange places, like in front of a curtain. That would be careless. Uh, accidents, well, with accidents, uh, we don't know when they're going to happen. It just happens out of the blue. Um, you didn't really cause it on purpose. Like a grease fire on the stove? Right. So that could be um, an accident situation. And with arson, well, that was intentionally done. Somebody's um, house being intentionally set on fire. Um, an example where um, persons don't get along with each other, so they will just um, cause that fire to a house for whatever reason. Any idea how many arson cases there are in Antigua in a given year? You mentioned you had between three and 400 calls a year. Mm -hmm. How many of those would be arson? Um, I don't have the figures 
fairly low percentage. Yeah, but it's a low percentage, at least in recent years. Good. Would an example of ignorance be like a child playing with matches and yes. they just don't understand yes. the, the ramifications of what can happen? Yes, that's a beautiful example. Um, so that is why we encourage our kids not to play with matches because, of course, um, fire could start very small and they could escalate into something much larger. They might be playing with it um, close to a bed um, the sheets catch on fire, and we can already see that disaster. Right. Right. In relation to training children about fire safety, does the fire brigade have a campaign as far as training children in the schools? Yes, we do. Uh, we normally have education for schools. Um, and also, let me say even further, we also do for government staff, um, and anyone else who is interested, they could just um, write to the fire prevention unit and ask for us to come in and do some education um, training, um, lectures on proper fire safety. So, yes, we do have four um, schools in general. What is it? And I've heard different people debate on what the real danger is of a fire. We know a structure can be destroyed, but is it the smoke or is it the flames that really are the main threat to a family in a home? In most cases, it will be like um, the smoke and toxic gases that more be the threat because in many cases when we have fires, it's the smoke and the toxic gases that get to the persons, so they more likely come in contact with that um, before actual flames get to them. So in a case like that, we'd encourage them to stay low on the ground as smoke rises, toxic gases rises. So if you're trapped in a building, per se, and you are unable to get out, you would be best um, located on the ground where there is more fresher oxygen available. Okay. What are some common household items that are actually quite flammable that you have found people are not necessarily expecting to be flammable or haven't thought through this is a fire danger? Uh, one that comes to mind would be like... Um, the materials that you'd find in most household items, like um, for the bed, um, there are a lot of composite materials that um, are in the bed that once lit, it's it's really um, it gets really smoky. Okay. Yeah, um, and a lot of toxic gases can be emitted from it. Um, also, the couch. Coaches, one, um, there are a lot of toxic materials within a coach, um, and plastics. You're listening to Lighthouse Conversations, and we are talking about fire safety. I have in the studio with me Corporal Williams from the Fire Prevention Unit at the Antigua and Barbuda Fire Brigade, and he's here educating us on fire prevention and fire safety. Corporal Williams, what should I be doing around my house in order to prevent fires? One of the easiest things that you could get is a smoke detector. 
Um, do I need to buy the most expensive, or how do you? I not really. Uh, well, in today's age, we have a lot of options that you can um, take advantage of. But locally here, you can look at um, Licks Limited. Um, we have also Carb Supply. And most other hardware stores in Antigua would have um, a smoke detector available. Normally, they average between $30 to $60. So um, persons can shop around and look for it. Um, smoke alarms are very inexpensive to the fact that um, once they detect smoke, it can alert you, especially if you're unconscious. Um, when I say that, I mean like sleeping, right? Because it basically signals that there is smoke in the building and you can take um, mitigating action to prevent the fire any further. Um, other guidelines that you can look at is that you'd want to avoid um, combustible trash and waste buildup, such as um, boards, paper, um, wood in your home, um, store flammable liquids and combustible material at a minimum, so you wouldn't want them piling up in great amounts in, say, for example, like a storeroom or anything like that. Uh, you'd want to clean all of your spills, such as um, grease and oil, immediately as much as possible so that you won't have um, any sort of excess uh, flammable waste or liquids anywhere to prevent um, any accidents from occurring. How important is it that I keep my stove or my grill uh, clean? It's very important. And why is that? You don't want to have a buildup of excess grease because you would have that tendency of if that builds up, that um, you can get a fire that is easily out of control because if the grill or your stove catches fire, it can be um, difficult to put out because you would not be able to use like um, water you would more want to get um, oxygen removed out of that situation as much as possible. So you say not to use water on my stove or my grill fire. Why is that? Because if you use water, the flames will flare up because water is heavier than oil. So even if you use water on the grease, or the oil is just going to um, sink to the bottom, right? And the oil will stay on top. Okay. So regardless of how much water you use, it's just going to continue to flare, 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 blaze, blaze, blaze. Are there household items that I can use as a retardant to control a fire? Let's say it's just a small fire on a pot on my stove, but it's grease. Mm -hmm. uh, what should I do? How should I address that? Do I immediately call you at the fire brigade? Yes, you should. You should call the fire brigade, but in the meantime, what you could do is use like a pot cover to cover the pot um, to completely 
exclude the oxygen. So once you cut off the oxygen, the fire will be put out immediately. Uh, you can also use baking soda. Okay. If you have um, baking soda available, you can just um, sprinkle it on the fire as much as, spray it around as much as possible to get the fire out. How important is it that I turn the LP gas tank off on my barbecue grill out on my porch when I'm finished using it? Is it okay to leave it on? And the same for my stove in my house. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every time that I'm done using the stove, obviously I turn the knob on the top off, but do I need to turn the LP gas tank off also? You can leave it on. The reason being is that... The valve is designed to regulate it um, correctly. So once you turn it all the way on, it should be good. What would happen is that if you have a fire and the pressure builds up in that um, gas tank, it's going to blow the gas tank eventually once you have it off. With it on, it stands a greater chance of bleeding off Okay. As opposed to just being stopped. Because if you have a situation where there's, um, you have used it before, so there's space in the, um, the gas cylinder, what is going to happen is that the remainder, say for example, we have half. Half of the LPG that is within is going to build up pressure in the open space. And then what you would have is an explosion waiting to happen. Interesting. That's the opposite of what I would have expected. I thought it would have been better to have it off, but it makes sense as you explain it. Yeah. Are there any fire safety or fire prevention tips that you have for employers around the workplace to make sure that uh, everyone in the workplace, whether it be customers or whether it be their employees, are kept safe? Are there things that we really need to have on hand? But the best one that I can say that is that if every workplace could have a fire extinguisher, um, I would recommend, well, in the case for all purpose, we could say an ABC extinguisher, and that covers for classes A, B, C fires. Um, well, let me expand on that. Whereas fire is divided into five classes. So we have A, B, C, D, and K. So in um, class A fires, we have ordinary combustibles such as paper, plastic, wood, um, grass, bush, that sort of stuff. Uh, For class B, we have flammable combustible liquids such as gasoline, diesel, kerosene, right? And all other types of flammable liquids. Uh, For class C, we have energized electrical equipment such as anything which is plugged into an electrical source. But once it's disconnected, it is safe to say that it is an ordinary combustible. Right for class D, uh, combustible metals such as aluminum, titanium, steel, iron, and for class K, those are kitchen cooking oils, um, and grease and fats. So for the 
workplace, we'd recommend the ABC type extinguishers, which is a dry powder, dry chemical type extinguisher, and it's um, for multi-purpose use, mainly for the A, B, and C, and also it can be used in Class K type fires. If I'm in the market for a fire extinguisher for my kitchen, should I be looking for one, I assume, that has the K uh, for Class K fires, and what makes it different? Why is it more suitable for kitchen oil fires? Well, it's a dry chemical. Um, well, let me back up a bit and say that there are several type of um, fire extinguishers. But in this case, yes, I can say that we can recommend the ABC uh, extinguisher for your home in that it is able to deal with the cooking fires, oils, and grease. It is not marked as a Class K because that the K- Class K came out recently, um, okay. a couple of years ago. So what would happen is that you might more likely see it as labeled as an ABC extinguisher. But yes, it can be used in... Um, Class K situations. Okay. So if I have a, a normal situation at home or a normal situation at the workplace, I looking for an ABC fire extinguisher is satisfactory? Yes. Okay. And um, you can invest in a five-pound size, but they have different um, weights, but um, five-pound is what we'd recommend because it's good enough to do the job. Well, it should be good enough to do the job. When there is a fire, whether it's at work or at home, what should I immediately do? Uh, let's say a trash can. Someone's thrown a, a cigarette mm-hmm. into a trash can, and then we realize that it's beginning to smolder. Someone smelled smoke, and then we start to see flame. What should I immediately do? Okay. The first thing that you'd want to do, let me just run through these as a guideline. The first thing you want to do is to raise or sound the alarm. Um, you can just simply say fire, fire, fire. There's a fire in the house um, at your workplace so that you can alert everybody that there is a fire situation going on. So at least everybody would know that that's what's up. We need to get out or we need to um, tackle it if we safely can. Um, The second thing that we'd want to do is to call the fire department, whether it be large or small, that the fire department can come and give assistance because you're not too sure if you can handle the situation and if it gets out of hand, at least the fire department will already be on its way. Now, do I need to look up a phone number for the fire department directly or can I just call 911? You can call 911 or you can call 999 Okay. Right. Um, but our telephone number at St. John's Fire Department is 462-0044. Okay. Back to the plan of action. Okay. So we mentioned the raising of the alarm. Alert everybody. Call the fire department. Um, you'd want to isolate the power if you possibly can. Um, attack the fire if you have adequate equipment or training to do so. Again, if you are not comfortable in dealing with it, you can just simply evacuate the building 
as quickly as possible, alerting everybody and bringing everyone out as much as you can. And once you have evacuated the building, you want to do a roll call to make sure that everybody is there, um, that no one is missing, uh, and that you can give a proper account of everybody that was supposed to be in the building. And that would be about it. If I know it's an electrical fire, what should I do? If you know it's an electrical fire, um, the first thing you want to do, again, is to isolate the power from the equipment. If you can't do it from the equipment, it would be safe to um, get to the main switch or the breaker panel that you can switch off the power. If you have a an extinguisher, you can go ahead and extinguish the equipment that is on fire. Or uh, if you have baking soda, you can use that as well. But if you don't have any of these, you can leave it alone and wait until the fire department arrives after you have called them. question I've always wondered is, fire department arrives on a fi- at a fire. Do they have to wait for APUA to shut off the electricity before you begin spraying water on the house? Because obviously there's power coming from the power line to the house. Yes, we do. We wait until. Because the way how electricity works, it definitely can flow through the water streams. Right. So you can imagine that um, the power is on (coughs) and you would have to... at some point feel the electricity flowing right into the holes onto the firefighters so yeah we wait until the the power is completely isolated and we start um, firefighting operations if there is a vehicle fire whether it's my vehicle or maybe i'm driving down all saints road and i see someone's vehicle is just starting to smoke and they're jumping out and saying fire what plan of action should be taken the first thing you'd want to do is to get away from the vehicle as far as possible because there's not much that you can do. If it's a small fire and you believe it is safe that you can contain it once you have proper firefighting equipment such as a vehicle um, extinguisher on you at that point in time, yes, you can. But sometimes um, some fires would originate within the engine compartment so if it does there's nothing much that um, I believe that you should be able to do so the best thing that I would recommend is that you get away from the vehicle as far as possible and wait until help arrives from the fire department now I want to have a bonfire on the beach with friends and family this weekend what is the process that I need to go through in order to get permission for that do I need to get permission yes you do um Because for any fires that are lit within Antigua and Barbuda, you need to get permission by right from the police commissioner, right? So we would grant the permission on his behalf. So what you would do is that you would come and write a letter to the assistant commissioner of police, which is the fire chief, Mr. Elvis Weaver, and you outline the details of your bonfire, reason why you want the bonfire, where it will be located, 
um, date and time and we would review it and we would issue with your bonfire license. What about if it's on my own property? I mean, I can do whatever I want on my own property, right? Uh, well, you would still have to apply for the license as well. Um, similar procedure, you can come to St. John's um, Fire Department or you can go to any of the other fire stations on the island. Well, whichever is closer to you, that would be easier. We have um, the All Saints Fire Station. We have the Johnson Point Fire Station and uh, we have St. John's Fire Station. Well, these are the fire stations that would have registries. So whichever that is closer to your location, you can come. Um, we will um, carry out uh, inspection of your property, make sure that the environment is safe. Um, you don't have much neighbors because if you're in a built-up area, we may not grant you that license. But um, we would also advise you on the proper procedures of um, burning the rubbish material. And that's the next thing. We only grant licenses for burning um, bush um, grass and shrubs. Are there any fines or any penalties if I don't get a permit? Yes. If you do not have a permit and you're found um, on the wrong side of the law, you can be um, given the penalty to pay up to $3,000. That's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> $3,000 or up to six months in jail as prescribed by the magistrate. So I need to go ahead and get a permit and exactly. stay on the right side of the law. <laughs> exactly. And also, I guess my main motivation should be that I need to be keeping myself safe, my family safe, and those in my neighborhood and community safe. That is correct. That is correct. If I see a fire, should I ever be hesitant in calling the fire department or should I always err on the side of safety of calling the fire department to make sure that they're aware of it? Yes, you can. Um, you can call the fire department. What I would advise is depending on the situation, if you see it's a small fire and you could monitor it to see if it would escalate, if it does escalate, you definitely can call. Um, I guess you're speaking in terms of like a bushfire per se right. or, or even a house fire. Um, in the event of like a house fire, you would want to call immediately because you don't know if anyone else would have seen it. So if you see it, um, we would recommend that, yes, you can go ahead and call the fire department. As a firefighter, what do you wish that each and every person knew? Well, everyone should be at least educated in fire safety per se. On a whole, um, what causes fire? Um, how does fire start? Um, but one thing that I can also recommend is that if you yourself are on fire, that you can stop, drop, and roll, right? That's a very important um, safety tip. Um, so you would stop what you're doing, 
you would drop to the ground, you can cover your face as well, and you would roll both ways in both directions until the fire is completely out. Corporal Williams, in closing, are there any false fire safety ideas that are out there that you'd like to correct? Okay. Well, in the case of, like, the using water for every fire situation, um, that is totally incorrect. As I may have mentioned, that um, fire are placed into different groups, and you'd want to take caution in using the correct type of um, fire extinguishing um, agent to um, pull it out. Um, in the case of like for grease fires and flammable liquids, you would not want to use water. You would also not want to use water on energized electrical equipment. So you would want to use um, proper extinguishing agents and in those cases you'd have to use an extinguishing powder or dry chemical to put those type of fires out. Corporal Williams, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for being part of today's discussion on Lighthouse Conversations, and I appreciate your time. Mm, Glad to be here and willing to do it anytime that you want. Thanks for listening in on our conversation. We trust that it was beneficial to you as you continue to develop a more meaningful life. Do you have a topic or a guest you would like us to have a conversation with for a future episode on Lighthouse Conversations? We would love to hear your suggestions. Send us a mail at Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, P.O. Box 1057, St. John's, Antigua, or lighthousebimi at gmail.com, or give us a call at area code 268-462-1454 or send us a message via WhatsApp or text at area code 268-782-1454 Thanks for listening. Remember... You can hear Lighthouse Conversations Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. If you're in Antigua, you can listen at 92.3 MHz FM. If you're in the Caribbean, you can listen at 1160 kHz AM or listen online at www.radiolighthouse.org from anywhere in the world. Or you can subscribe to this podcast. Looking forward to having you join us next time. Bye-bye.